Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. kicks off a new collection of talks, Daddy Issues, dealing with your past to embrace your future. In this message, A Hunger for Approval, he unpacks how our perception of God directly impacts our view of ourselves. For more resources on this collection, visit vuchurch.com slash daddy issues. Now let's lean into the message together. Uh, today we're, we're starting this brand new collection and I wanna read uh, just a little verse. I think it's a foundational verse that we will look at really over the next five weeks more and more. But let's look at it today. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 18. This is what the apostle Paul writes. He says, and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come on, if you receive that, somebody said amen. amen. Today on our first installment of our brand new collection, I wanna preach from the thought, a hunger for approval. A hunger for approval. And we're starting this collection entitled Daddy Issues. And really, what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks is we're going to be talking about dealing with the past so that we can embrace the future. What I've learned is that many times there's things in the background, there's things from our childhood, there's things from our past that if we don't confront it, we'll never change it. So it's not that God doesn't love you. It's not that God isn't, isn't for you. It's not that you don't even know that. It's just there's some things holding you back. And how many of y'all believe if we don't learn from the past, we are bound to repeat it? And so we're going to do some heavy lifting over the next few weeks. And for some of us, um, this is going to be like, you're excited about this work. You're like, I've been waiting for this. Others of you, you're a little bit hesitant. You're like, maybe I will show back up in September. Um, I just want to invite you on a journey that no one's going to pressure you. No one's trying to shame you, but we are trying to invite you onto the path of freedom. And we, we titled this collection, um, Daddy Issues. And, and maybe you've heard this phrase, this is sort of like a, like a slang word that has lots of different meanings. A lot of times you, you hear this thing and it's like, if you, if you see a girl who's looking for love in all the wrong places, people will just sum her up and put her in a box and just says, say, she has daddy issues. Um, that, that might be true, but how many of y'all know uh, that the girl who has daddy issues probably has a daddy who has daddy issues? What, what you, you learn in life is that all of us have some things that happen to us along the way that if we don't confront it, it will leave us bound even though there is freedom in front of us. Um, it, it's a trip being a parent. I have been away with my family. We got to do some preaching and teaching. We have missed you more than you could ever imagine. Thank you for allowing us to get a break. It was wonderful. I'm back, rested, recovered, get ready for two hour sermons because I got so much to share. But it's a trip being with your kids for like five weeks straight because uh, no doubt the greatest blessing in life is being a parent. Where are all the parents? Any parents up here? Wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. Okay, yeah, let's pray for these people, okay? Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a great blessing being a parent, but it's a trip, man. Like watching your kids, like it's humbling because uh, they, they teach you stuff. Uh, you might miss it, but, but if you humble yourself, your kids are great teachers. They will teach you about you, but anyone ever notice that they will teach you a whole lot about God? Like watching my kids for five weeks, it's amazing as I rediscover and reclaim 
so many memories that maybe I've forgotten about or that I overlooked. And I'm learning about myself and I continue to learn about God as I watch the faith of my little tiny children. Uh, my, my two boys, uh, if you've forgotten them, their names are Wyatt and Wild, uh, four and two years of age. Uh, let's just keep praying for these kids. They, they, I, there's no way they're saved yet. There's no way. Just a lot of sin the last five weeks, but we're going to keep praying for their souls. But they are in this phase of life that all parents know about where they, 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 anything they're doing, they go, dad, dad, watch me. Watch me, dad, watch me, dad. And it, it can be it's, it's, it's like the dumbest stuff in the world, but they want their dad to watch them, you know? The other night I walked in and they are spinning until they drop. Like, watch that. Until they are so disoriented <laughs> that they fall to the ground. Watch, watch, watch. If it's a puppet show, if it's them jumping off the couch, they want their dad to watch them. And why do they want their dad to watch them? What is it that they want to hear from dad? They simply want to hear from dad, I'm proud of you. That's it. It's not just like, it's not something I think, it's something that I literally know. The other day I was swimming in the pool with Wyatt and he's learning how to dive down now. So he's swimming in the water, four years of age, and now he can dive and get things from the bottom of the pool. It's so funny because he's diving down on one breath and he comes up out of the water and as soon as he comes on top of the water, it's like, oh, oh, Dad, are you proud of me? <laughs> it, it, it's the craving of every human being. I said, of course, son, Dad's proud of you. Good job. I think inside of every human being, we are just like that little child. There is a craving for acceptance. There is a hunger for approval. Am I doing it right? Am I okay? Do you see me? Do you love me? I believe in every human being, there's two basic needs, and this is very good for the parents, but this is very good for those of you that are on the journey as you're becoming an adult. Just important that you see people that you're leading, people that you're walking with, people in your family, people in your home. Know this about yourself, that every human being, two basic needs. Number one is that they need to be needed. Like, like I, I need to be needed. I need you to need me, and you need me to need you, and your spouse needs you to need them, and we all wanna be needed, but not just that, we all need to be known. Does somebody see me? Does someone approve of me? Is someone proud of me? And the reason why I feel like it's so important to do this collection and the heart behind this collection is I want to do everything in my power to reveal God's word to you, to remind some people at the city, to remind some people in Somi that there is a God in heaven who looks down upon you and says, I see you, you are needed, you are known, and I'm proud of you. Let God fill your hunger for approval. Let God meet your need. I suppose as we kick off today's collection, the question is, how do you see God? Look at your neighbor and just say, neighbor, how do you see God? Now, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer. I don't want you to give some heresy up in here. <laughs> how do you see God? Because we all have a thought about God. I love what A.W. Tozer, the great theologian, he says it this way. This is so powerful to me. He says, we tend by a secret law of the soul 
to move toward our mental image of God. So what Tozer is saying to all of us is that we all have some sort of a picture of God. The question is, do you have the correct picture? Do you have the right picture? Because I have learned over and over again in life, the way you perceive God will determine how you receive from God. And let me just talk to all the preachers in the room. The way you perceive God will also determine how you reveal God to others. And it's very, very important because if you're in this room today, if you're watching online right now and you are convinced God is angry with you, how many of y'all know if you think God is angry with you, you probably won't approach him. If you've walked in here and you had a wild night at the Bad Bunny concert last night, <laughs> how does he know? None of y'all were there. And you believe God is disgusted with me. Something tells me you're not going to surrender your life over to him and let him develop you. If you think he's passive and he doesn't care, nothing inside of you is going to approach him with a proactive, passionate spirit. So how do you perceive God? Because what I've learned about God is that God wants to reveal himself to you. I was all over the place this past summer. Um, every year for 13 years now, I've preached at uh, a great conference in Birmingham, Alabama. This year, 12,000 students at Motion Conference, part of Church of the Highlands. It, it's, it's something that we're a part of. It's something that uh, our church has sown into. And it's my 13th year, if you can believe it, preaching to, to this age group. And well, now it's sort of just become part of our summer rhythm that before we preach at the conference, we go to Alabama. That's kind of crazy, right? We live in Miami, we vacation in Alabama. Um, <laughs> okay, man, um, is he okay? Um, no, I'm right. uh, but there's this beautiful lake, it's called Lake Martin. And we, we just love this lake, it's different from Miami. And uh, we were there for uh, about a week, just having the best time and taking pontoon boats out. And I had a friend come into town and one night, uh, all the kids were asleep and the wives went to sleep and me and my buddy, you know, we're pushing 40 years of age. We wanted a little bit of an adventure. We said, let's take the pontoon boat out. It's midnight, at, you know, in Alabama. Like, pray for your pastor. Um, you almost lost me. Um, and, and we took it out under the midnight sky in Alabama and out in the middle of this lake, we just floated on the water and we just looked up. And out there, sort of in the middle of nowhere, how many you know, you can just see the sky. It's beautiful stars everywhere. I know those same stars are here in Miami. You just can't see them with all the lights from the city. But out there in the country, you look up and God's glory is on display. But you have to look up. This is what Romans chapter one says. Romans chapter one says it this way. It says, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Watch this, being understood from what has been made so that men and women are without excuse. So what is Romans one saying? Romans one is saying, look up. And as you look up, you can't help but determine that is beautiful creation. There must be a creator. Isn't it amazing that as a child, you have to look up to your father to recognize where have I come from? 
I've come from somewhere, from someone. And I want to remind you that all of creation is declaring the glory of God and no man is without excuse. All you have to do is look up and you will see that there is a God. There's a God. God wants to reveal himself to you. The question is what and who is your revelation of God? Because as you begin to study the word of God, as you begin to study the Bible, what you learn is, is that God reveals himself in a very specific way. Hebrews chapter one, verse one, just a little bit of teaching before I preach this. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, that's right now. In these last days, he, God, has spoken to us by his son who was anointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, someone say the exact, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. This is beautiful because what Hebrews is telling us right here is that Jesus Christ is a walking, talking picture of who God is. Meaning if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you're wondering what God sounds like, listen to Jesus. If you're looking for a proper picture and description of his characteristics and his nature, if you're trying to form a proper mental image, look no further than Jesus Christ, the son of God, because he is the radiance. He is the exact representation. He is the fullness of God. Watch this. This is important. How does Jesus teach us to relate to God? Jesus over and over again reinforces the concept and the truth that God is our father. Jesus says, if you're gonna get the right image of God in your mind, and if you're gonna move towards something, move towards God as your father. The great theologian, J.J. Packer, I think this is so beautiful. I want you to hear this today. This is what he describes. He says this, he says, you sum up the whole of the New Testament religion, if you describe it as a knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship, and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Father is the Christian name for God. So you wanna know how you're to relate to God. You relate to God as your father. He is your dad. Father is the Christian name for God. It's amazing because um, I remember one time I was hanging out with my buddy and he had his little boy there, he was probably six or seven, this is before I had kids, and his little boy was just sitting on the floor and I just called him by name. I said, hey, I looked at him, I said, I'm so proud of you. And I'll never forget, he looked back at me and said, but I didn't do anything. And right away, 
a revelation hit my life that so many of us, this is how we behave. How many of us are in the room today thinking that we need to do something, that we need to accomplish something in order for us to make God proud? And so what do we do? We try and perform for God. But may I submit, if Jesus Christ is the fullness of God's glory, if he's the exact representation, if he challenges you and I to see God as a father, just think about his life for a moment. Because in all the gospels, we see Jesus baptized. Very important moment, but you also have to read into what's taking place and how it applies to your life. Because Jesus, before he does one act of ministry, before he does any miracle, any signs, any wonders, any teachings, he goes to the Jordan River and he's baptized by his cousin John. When he's baptized, he comes out of the water, the heavens are opened up, and a voice from heaven, kind of sounds like Mufasa, but it was God. He says, this is my son, whom I love and am well pleased. Why do you say that, Rich? I say that because God the Father is showing you and I his pride in his son before he performs. And what a lot of us, this is the problem. When we don't see God correctly, we will always see ourselves incorrectly. And many of us for the next five weeks, you need to reclaim your identity as a son, as a daughter, as a child of God. You don't graduate from that. Well, I'm really, I'm really hoping for the title pastor. There is no title better, bigger, more freeing, more hopeful, more groundbreaking than child of God. That's it. And when I learn that I'm his child, all of a sudden, my need and craving for acceptance to be needed and to be known begins to be fulfilled through his words. I'm watching my kids and I'm just learning. I'm, I'm re... This happens to parents. You start to remember things about your childhood. My boys are going, watch me, dad, watch me. Uh, uh, you know, like, it's not, it's not a great accomplishment, but I go, I'm so proud. Look at you spinning like that. Ooh, I've never, I, I, the best I ever did was five spins before I felt, you just did eight wild. And I, I remember as a kid, I remember one time, I don't know how old I was. I was young. I was so young. I, I made some, ridiculous painting for my dad. It was like this turkey with like orange. It's just bad, bad. I'm, I've never been good at painting. It's just whack, you know? And I brought it home to my dad. I must've been like in kindergarten or younger, just going, dad, I made this for you. And I just wanted him to say, I'm proud of you, son. I, I remember this memory watching my kids. And my dad, he's the best dad. He, he, he took the painting and he hung it up on the wall. Now, to really be, honest, he hung it up uh, inside his closet wall, <laughs> which kind of shows his wisdom, you know? Um, but you're like, Rich, how could you even remember this core memory? I remember it because my dad left that thing up on his wall for almost 10 years. Because I remember being 14, almost 15 years of age, leaving Tacoma, Washington, moving to Miami, and when we were clearing out the house, going into dad's closet, and seeing my painting on the wall that he had left up there for eight or 10 years. Now watch this. How many of y'all know, dad did not hang the painting up on the wall because it's good. He hung it up on the wall because I'm his son. God is not proud of you 
for your performance. In fact, he doesn't need you to perform for him. You know what God really wants? He just wants your presence. He just longs to be with you. You don't have to do something for him. Just be with him. Just, just be with him. You're his kid. I love this. God's not concerned with your accomplishments. He cares about who you are becoming. Who are you becoming? What's the character? Do you long for him? Do you want to be with him? Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. This is beautiful. It's just good teaching. I keep asking God. I keep praying to God. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious, watch this, Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is beautiful. He's going, my prayer for you is that you would know God as a father. And the more that your eyes are opened up to him as a father, it's going to change everything about your life because you are going to embrace a future that's full of hope, knowing that you have a good father who has good plans for you, that you could never, ever perform for him. And he would step back and say, wow, what a painting. Wow, what an accomplishment. But you could change it all around and recognize he's proud of you, not because you do some great thing, but simply because you are his kid. I want you to know that. You know, tomorrow we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is a really serious thing at our church. It happens twice a year. Uh, we believe that prayer changes things at Vu Church. It changes stuff. If we could just get the church to pray, if we could just obey the words of Jesus, that his house shall be called a house of prayer. I'm telling you what, we would see a city turned upside down. I'm challenging you and charging you and compelling some of you that this is a new season. You need to participate. Every day at noon, Instagram prayer. Every Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, both of our locations in the city and at Somi, prayer meetings. This Wednesday night, we're kicking it off with Heart and Soul 730. If you love this church, if you serve in this church, if you're interested in this church, this is a night for you. Don't miss it lean in, participate. In fact, I don't know if we've even announced it, but this Saturday for the first time in the design district, we're going to be holding prayer meetings for men. The Lord spoke to me that, that, that in this collection, just it's 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Design District, I'm looking for some men. I'm looking for some dads, some fathers that would say, you know what? I'm gonna be the dad that God's called me to be. I'm gonna be the man that God's called me to be. I'm gonna be the husband God's called me to be. Saturday morning, 8 a.m., let's find out. But I say all that to say, for seven years, I have taught about prayer from this pulpit. I've taught models how to pray. I've given pictures of prayers. I wonder if our problem is not that we don't have a model or a picture of prayer. I wonder if we don't have a good picture of the recipient. Could you imagine trying to send a package to someone who doesn't have an address? Can you imagine trying to send something to no one? To no one. No one. I mean, what do you say to no one? When do you say something to, to no one? Why would you say something to no one? 
If you could even answer all of those crazy questions, here's the great one. Where do you send something to no one? May I submit to you that in the same way you cannot send a package to someone who doesn't have an address, you also can't pray to a God that you are unwilling to get to know. And how does Jesus teach us how to pray in Matthew chapter six? He says, start your prayer by saying, our father. Can I give you the modern day 2022 Vu Church translation? Here's prayer. Hey, dad. Hi. Hey, dad. Can we talk? You just start with, hey, dad. When I say God, I want you to think Father, because when you start to study Jesus over and over and over again, the truth that he wants you to gain in your spirit is that God is a father. It doesn't mean that he's not king of kings, Lord of lords. It doesn't mean that he's not prince of peace. It doesn't mean that he's not alpha and omega. It doesn't mean that he doesn't own a cattle on a thousand hills. It doesn't mean that he's not the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. It doesn't mean he's all those things. It's just when Jesus teaches you and I about God and how to relate to him, he wraps it up every single time as father. And this is important that you see this because how many of y'all know justice is a concept, but God is a just father. Mercy is a gift, but God is a merciful father. Generosity is a principle, but God is a generous father. Can I keep going? Passion is a value, but God is a passionate Father. He embodies all of those things. He is a good father. And when Jesus hangs from a tree on Golgotha, he doesn't say, King, King, I beseech thee. He cries out, Abba, Abba, Dad, Dad, Dad. Maybe he's trying to give you and I an indication that in our crisis and in our pain, the first thing that ought to come out of our mouth is Dad, Dad. See, because of Jesus, we're invited to relate to God this way. This is what Romans chapter eight, verse 15 says. He says, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. When I say God for the next five weeks, I want you to think Father. Now, as soon as I say that, there are all sorts of hangups, questions, and even for many of us in this room and watching online right now, it becomes a trigger. Why is that? The reason why is because so many times we have a hard time seeing God as Father because we had such a poor earthly father. I, um, when we first were moving to Miami and the worship team can start making their way up here, when we first moved to Miami, I, uh, I, I, we left Fort Lauderdale. This is, oh man, nine years ago and moved to Edgewater. And we moved into this building called the Yorker, still standing today, uh, 14 floors. And somehow by the grace of God, Don and I got one of the top you know, apartments had these big wraparound balconies. We used to throw parties there. And it's really the way the church began was out of that apartment. And these big wraparound balconies, you'd come out and you could see the entire intercoastal. It was the best view ever. 
but uh, how many of y'all know, we weren't right on the water. We, we were 50 yards, 100 yards away from the water, but there was nothing in front of us, but they started tearing down all the houses. And before you know it, they put a condo right in front of us. And it just kind of, whoa, there goes our view, you know? We're like, that's not so bad because we could kind of go to one part of the balcony and still kind of see it. But how many of y'all know uh, about a year later, there was a new condo in front of that one. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, there was like another one. They just kept getting taller the closer they got to the water, blocking views. And what a beautiful illustration that there's something that's blocking our view and our picture of who our heavenly father is. And if your earthly father has fallen short, which by the way, they all have, many times they can obstruct our view. I said it in a, a couple months ago, back in February, I was talking about the different types of dad experiences. And I'm careful to say it because I don't, I think there's every person is a different story and a unique story, but I, I'm trying to speak to some of the pain that is coming into this collection, that we've all got different types of experiences. And I said, there's five different types of dad experiences, the tragic experience that your dad just wasn't there. Maybe he passed away, but he was gone. He, he, he wasn't in your life for whatever reason. It's just tragic. There's the dad who was, who was just terrible, that he was there, but he was abusive. Some of us, our worst pain in our entire life came from a father. Whew. How on earth are you gonna call upon God as dad when your only picture of dad is somebody who abused you? Some of us, we had a tough dad. He was just, he was hard on us. We're always trying to perform for him. Uh, some of us had a tender dad that he was just, he was soft. He didn't give us vision. He didn't teach us how to lead. He didn't teach us how to be a man. Didn't teach us how to be a woman of value and character. He was around, but just no clarity. M maybe you had the fifth kind, which is just, uh, you had a terrific dad. That he was great. But I don't care how good your earthly dad is. He is like a man, like all of us, he falls short. Today, research tells us that one out of four kids growing up in America are growing up in a fatherless home. Meaning in our nation, a quarter of the kids waking up every day are waking up without a dad. You don't think that this creates some daddy issues? You don't think this creates a bad picture of who God is? The most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. Because you're moving towards an image, you're moving towards a picture. So some of us, we've got this thing obstructing this heavenly father who, who loves us and wants relationship with us, who declares, I'm proud of you, I love you, but you're going through life looking for love in the wrong places, looking for satisfaction in the wrong places, trying to win the approval of man, trying to win the approval of your boss, trying to perform, trying to outlast, and all the while you have a good dad you just don't know about. And here's what I firmly believe today. I believe there's many of us, if we're being honest, we feel forsaken. That word forsaken is a Bible word, but it just simply means to be left behind. Maybe the way that you think about your journey is that you feel left behind. You feel abandoned. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe you were betrayed. And it leaves us in this place. I, I, I'm forsaken. And here's what happens. This is so true. 
earthly fathers who forsake earthly children tend to create earthly children who forsake their heavenly father. So I want you to hear me today because this is where we're gonna kind of get a little bit deeper over the next few weeks. I never taught it before, but I firmly believe it. God is triune, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. At our church, we have one primary value, Jesus is our message. Why do we say that? Because based upon Hebrews, he is the radiance, he is the fulfillment, Jesus is the path. But what I've realized is that many people are okay with getting into relationship with Jesus, but although they've been forgiven by Jesus, they still forsake the Father. What, what Rich? No, no, you're going to heaven. Your sins have been forgiven. You're just missing out. You, you have forgotten that Jesus, what is Jesus? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets where? To dad, unless they come through me. What is Jesus? He says, I am the door. I open the door where? To get into dad's house. Oh, wow. I didn't know in dad's house, he's got paintings that are awful that I made. But he says, good job, buddy. And a lot of us, because we were forsaken somewhere on our path, it doesn't have to be a father, it could be an authority figure. We're okay with big brother Jesus, but we don't want to meet daddy God. There's this verse that kind of messed with me. It's from Jeremiah. I'm gonna preach it some more in a couple weeks, but Jeremiah chapter two, verse 13, watch this. My people have committed two sins. Someone say two sins. They have forsaken me. They, they've left me behind. But then what they do? The spring of living water, they've left me, the source, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. What a verse. And what a picture for any one of us who have daddy issues. Any one of us who have been hurt in life and what do we do because we were hurt in life? It's not that we're like cursing out God. It's just that I don't trust you, God. I, 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 don't, I, I don't relate to you as father. I, I see you as king. Uh, I see you as some distant being. I, I don't see myself as, as a child of God. I, I'm a servant of God. I'm a slave of God. I'm a worker for God. Cool with all those titles. Not very good with being a child of God. And every time that I am unable to relate to God as my father, what do I do? I forge my own path. I'm not gonna trust dad. I'm gonna go and dig up my own cistern. What is a cistern? It's a place where water was stored to supply the community and the people. And instead of trusting the source, let me dig up my own source. Is this not a picture of the Garden of Eden? Is this not a picture of sin for all of us? God, I'm not gonna trust you that you're gonna meet all my needs. I don't see you as a good father. Instead, let me eat the fruit and let me forge my own path. Digging up your own cistern, it's like this. It's like my boy Wyatt, four years old, getting hungry one day. I'm hungry. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak over to, to Uncle Scott's house. That's my next door neighbor. Don't tell him, he doesn't know it's not his real uncle. I'm gonna sneak into Uncle Scott's house, four years old, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into the fridge, and I want chicken. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the chicken. Yeah. One time I had asparagus, I'm gonna find the asparagus. Okay, I got chicken and asparagus. I'm in Scott's house. 
Okay, let me turn the let me turn the oven on. Let me turn the I don't even know what this thing's called, the, the frying, I'm gonna get the frying pan. Four year olds, four years old, sneaking around. I, I gotta take care of this. I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm so I gotta feed myself. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. How many of y'all know Wyatt sneaking into Uncle Scott's house is gonna get in trouble? There's no doubt he's gonna make a mess. And if he even gets that food over to that frying pan, he's gonna get burned. When all the while, all he had to do was say, Dad, I'm hungry. You don't have to leave my house. You don't have to make your food. I'm your source, boy. Like, you're four years, I got you. I'm your dad. What do you want? What do you want me to make? What do you need? What, what do you want? I'm here, you don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to go searching anywhere else. This is your house. I know, but dad, I didn't make my bed. You, you think I'm not gonna feed you because you didn't make your bed? Boy, get in here, I'm gonna make you some eggs, shut up. When you forsake the father, when you don't get to know him, as the father, it will leave you digging when you simply should be drinking. Some of you, I gotta go and get it, 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 I gotta go and get it. I'm just trying to tell you, I just, <laughs> digging up their own cisterns. All right, let's make our own way. The problem with their cisterns, he says, is that your cisterns are broken. Your cisterns have holes in them. Can I just please show you a picture today for those of you that are hungry for approval, but you're going and you're forging out your own future. You're digging around in places that you shouldn't be digging in. I'm telling you what, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for approval in all the wrong places, looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. There's only one place, it's dad's house, but you're creeping around, you're sneaking in, you're making messes, you're getting burned. Please see this. You ought to be overflowing, but you're leaking. I, I want you to get this in your mind this week. There's no way you can be blessed. You can't hold a blessing. Every blessing that comes your way leaks right out of you because you're broken. Doesn't matter what relationship comes. Doesn't matter the promotion. Doesn't matter what people say about you. Doesn't matter how many standing ovations you get. Doesn't matter how many likes on Instagram. You're still broken. And he's saying, I hold these two things. You, you, you left me, you forgot about me. You don't know me as dad. You, you, you're playing church, but you don't know me as your dad. And because of it, it's left you thinking you have to go to the neighbor's house. You gotta make your own food and you gotta make your own way and you gotta forge your own path. And you're broken. You're broken, you're broken, you're broken. I want you to see this because I firmly believe this. I'm gonna try to teach this for the next few weeks because some of y'all never heard this, but please watch this. Jesus is the one who forgives you, but the Father is the one who heals and restores you. Woo! Watch me, Dad. 
you see me? Do you see me? And there's people all over our community that are forgiven going to heaven, but you are so broken and you're leaking and you're hurting and you're longing for this crave that's been in you since you were a child and you're looking in all the wrong places. And we gotta do some work over the next few weeks. We gotta go back and we gotta address things and things do from our past show up into our future. But I'm just trying to encourage you today that you can, you can trust this God. You, you can trust him. When my boys fall down and they get hurt and they bang up their knee, it just happened just the other day. Wild fell and he scratched his knee up. How many of y'all know? He did not cry out for his big brother. He didn't go, Wyatt, Wyatt, hold me, Wyatt, hold me. He fell and instantly goes, Dad, Dad, Dad. And even when I came on the scene, Wyatt's there trying to console him, but it's not until his dad picks that boy up off the ground, holds him in his arms and says, Daddy's here, that the pain subsides. Some of y'all don't realize that it's three and one and one and three. You don't realize that Jesus says, nah, 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 you fell, you got hurt. Something happened to you and I've forgiven you, but the Father, he's the one who wants to welcome you back in the house. And what does the Father do? He puts a robe on your back and sandals on your feet and a ring on your finger and says, let's celebrate. I'm so proud of this boy. Oh, I'm gonna teach that. Wait a minute, how could you be celebrating your boy was in a pig pen last night. Well, because he's my boy. But but he was in a he was he was he was sinning last night. I, but he's come home. And there's always a place in the father's house for prodigals that want to come on home. He will always put a ring on your finger, a robe on your back, sandals on your feet. He wants to heal you. to hear you. We just, I love you. I want to give some hope for the week. I want to give some hope for the week and we're going to sing, but I want to give some hope for the week. Those of you right there at City right now, hope for the week. Watch this. This is the truth that we're going to begin to unpack. And some of you, some of you are not ready for this. I get that. I get that. Let's go on the journey. I don't wanna just preach you happy. I don't wanna just preach to your emotion. I, I, wanna, I wanna teach you. I want you to know the truth. This is the truth. Maybe you're not ready for it, but write it down. Maybe in five weeks you can start on this journey. God is not a reflection of your earthly father. He is the perfection of your earthly father. So I don't know what that mental image looks like. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can trust this good God. You know where you start? Those of you that have daddy issues, which by the way, all of us, watch this. Everything you ever longed for in your earthly father, that's who your heavenly father is. You know more about this God than you give yourself credit. what you were missing, what you longed for. Your heavenly father is the exact opposite. And in 2 Corinthians, he says, I will be a father to you. 
I will be the one who says, I am proud of you. I see you. Your presence is needed. You're known. You don't have to go and dig up your own cistern. I am the source of life. Trust me. Can you go back to being a kid, those of you, and at the pool, wanting to jump in, wanting to jump in so afraid, but then a father shows up and says, jump, jump. My little boys, before they could swim, they would stand on the edge, but once I got in the pool and they saw me, I would say, jump, jump, jump. And as they saw their father, they were willing to take a step of faith. They were willing to jump into the pool. Why? Because they trusted that their father could hold them up. And I wanna say to every one of you out there today, you can jump today. You can take a step of faith today. You can believe again. You can walk into freedom because there is a good heavenly father who says you can trust in me. Come on, do you believe that today? Go ahead and give the Lord a big round of applause. you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we wanna partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.